see you all tonight when I was about to leave. Catherine said, well, maybe I can go and you can stay with the sick kids. And I said, there might be a few problems with that. Um, I mean, I guess you could preach my sermon, but we just read from 1 Timothy 1, so that's going to be a no. If you would, please turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 today. Conley has worked for many days designing and constructing a new kitchen for his home. He has worked hard, he has used his creativity, he has displayed his skills and his craftsmanship, and now the project is done. And since Conley's creation in his kitchen is complete, he now has the ability to enjoy his creation. Since his work is finished, he can relax from that job and take pleasure from his work. And not only can he take delight from his finished work, but Nicole and Isaac and Stone and Lydia and all the rest can all enjoy that completed kitchen as well. Conley's creation is complete, so now he can rest from that job, enjoy what he has made, and allow others to take delight in it. And that is a mini picture of what we're going to briefly be looking at today. But instead of Conley, we have God. And instead of a kitchen, we have the entire universe. But just as Conley has finished his creation and can now rest and enjoy it, we see God completing his creation and resting to enjoy it as well. And not only that, but just as Connolly's finished work can be enjoyed by others, God's finished work is also open for other people to delight in. So look with me at Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and three through 3, as we learn more about God and His perfect creation through this day of rest. And as we learn more about how that day of rest applies to all of us today. Genesis 2, starting in verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work, that he had done in creation. Lord God, I do thank you for this passage of Scripture. And I ask that you would open it up to us today, that we would be affected by it, that we would understand it. We do thank you for speaking to us, and I ask that you would help us to listen. In your name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to follow along, there's an outline of our sermon on your bulletin there. And we're going to walk through this short passage and then see how it connects to several key things throughout the rest of the Bible. 
We start with God finished. God finished. Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 2a says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. In Genesis 1.1, we saw it declare, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now in Genesis 2.1, we see the matching bookend to that verse, as it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. The account of creation has now been brought to an end. The universe had been made, it had been formed, it been filled. Everything was now <clears throat> excuse me, complete. There was no loose ends to tie up, no problems to fix. There was no modifications to make. Unlike the theory of evolution that says that creation is still a work in progress, verse 1 and 2 say that God's creation was finished. God had brought everything to utter perfection. As it says in Genesis 1.31, all of creation was very good. And Genesis 2 verse 2 emphasizes that this was accomplished by God and God alone. As it says, on the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done. No angelic being, no human, no mother nature helped God create the world. All of creation was made by the one creator God, and this God was now finished with his masterpiece. And since God's work was done, we come to our next point. God rested. God rested. Genesis 2 <clears throat> Verse 2b says, And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Now the Hebrew word for rested is not about needing to take a nap because of physical or mental exhaustion. God was not all tired out from creating and needing a break. Isaiah 40 verse 28 says, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. The all-powerful God's energy is never depleted. His strength has no limit. Instead, the Hebrew word for rested means to cease from activity. It means to stop working. God stopped his creating activity. Since everything was finished, now was the time to cease from his work and enjoy the accomplishment of what he had made. And we will see more about that rest and enjoyment in our next point. God blessed. God blessed. Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 says, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. God blessed the seventh day. His divine favor and benefit came to that day. 
The two other instances of God blessing things at the beginning of Genesis come in Genesis 1, verse 22, and verse 28, where God blesses his creatures and commands them to multiply. God's blessing was one of physical fruitfulness. Well, here in Genesis 2, verse 3, we see God blessing a day, not with physical fruitfulness, but with spiritual fruitfulness. It says, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. God made the seventh day holy, meaning God set it apart. He made it special. He designated it for a special task. Therefore, he elevated it above all other days of the week. In the end of verse 3, it says, God did this because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. The day was blessed and made holy because it was the day that God completed his work of creation and rested to enjoy it. And this... <clears throat> and this blessed holy day of delightful rest should have continued. Notice that the previous six days all ended with there was evening and there was morning on that day. Each of the previous six days had a clear ending, a precise conclusion. But the seventh day has no such ending. Now, this doesn't mean that the seventh day was not a 24-hour period, but it does indicate that, that the blessedness and, and holiness of this day of rest was meant to continue, was not meant to end. The seventh day was supposed to be an open-ended time of enjoying God's creation, experiencing the full blessedness of the holy God. But sadly, we know that mankind would mess everything up with their sin. And because of that, their ability to enjoy God's blessed rest on earth would be destroyed. But that is not the end of the story about God's rest. As God would work to bring his divine rest back to his people. And that leads us to some connections. Some connections to God's rest throughout Scripture. <clears throat> now, there are more connections than the ones that we are going to look at today, but we're going to focus on the big two. <clears throat> First, we see that the day of rest shows the basis for the Sabbath command. It shows the basis for the Sabbath command. Turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, please. <clears throat> in Exodus chapter 20, God is giving the Ten Commandments to the nation of Israel. And starting in verse 8, we see God explain the Sabbath command. Saying in Exodus 20 verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, 
your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The Sabbath command was built off of the truth that God created the universe in six days and rested on the seventh day. The Israelites were allowed to work during the first six days that God worked, but were commanded to follow God's example to stop working on the seventh day. By not working on the Sabbath, They would follow the pattern of the Creator and they would remember the God who made the heavens and who made the earth. But not only were they to remember God as the Creator, but the Israelites were also to remember God as the great Redeemer. We see this in Deuteronomy chapter 5. There we find the Sabbath command stated again, but this time God ends the command with this in verse 15. He says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. God had delivered Israel from their slavery in Egypt. He had powerfully saved them. And God wanted them to remember that he had redeemed them, that he had freed them from their bondage. So he commanded them to keep the Sabbath day. By not working on the Sabbath, they would be led to remember that the Creator God was also their Redeemer. The Sabbath would be a weekly reminder of the creation and salvation that God accomplished, and they would have the time to to think about their God and worship Him. And if they put their focus on God during the Sabbath, God promised to give them divine joy. That is what we see in Isaiah 58, where God says in verses 13 through 14, if you turn your If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going on your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord. If the people of Israel put aside their their worldly distractions and entertainments, and instead focus their attention on honoring and delighting in the Sabbath, then God promised they would take delight in the Lord. If they rested from their work and focused on God, God would allow them to experience some of the joy of His rest. They would experience some of His divine blessing. Now, this Sabbath command was only given to the Israelites before the coming of the promised Christ. But with the coming of Jesus Christ, the Sabbath command has been fulfilled and it's no longer binding on believers today. 
We see that in Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17. It says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So believers today do not need to keep the Old Testament Sabbath command, but the way God has organized our week should still affect us. God made the world in six days, rested on the seventh day, and for thousands of years, almost every single society across the globe has followed a seven-day week. That's not by accident. The seven days in our week should be a constant reminder that our God is the eternal, all-powerful creator of heaven and earth, and that our God is the great redeemer, the one with authority to save. So when you wake up next Saturday morning, Remember that we have Saturdays to point us back to the truth that we have a God who is creator and redeemer. And speaking of God as redeemer, the day of rest also shows us the need for salvation. It shows the need for salvation. Remember, the perfect enjoyment of God's day of rest was was supposed to continue throughout history. But mankind sinned. And so corruption and death infected this world and mankind has never been able to fully experience the rest that was present at the beginning. Sin prevented humanity from returning to the blessing God had given on that seventh day. But there was, and there is, a way back to God's divine rest. And that way is through faith. And for that, please turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. The end of Hebrews chapter 3 and most of Hebrews chapter 4 is a running commentary about the truth of God's rest. These chapters quote Psalm 95 multiple times, a psalm where God warns his listeners not to harden their hearts like the unbelieving Israelites who wandered for 40 years in the desert. God said that those Israelites shall not enter my rest. They would not experience the full blessedness and holiness of God. Well, in Hebrews 3 and 4, the author of Hebrews quotes from Psalm 95 to warn the people of his day not to follow the unbelieving Israelites' example. He says at the beginning of Hebrews 4, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. 
believers are able to enter God's rest, while those who do not put their faith in God will not enter God's rest. And the author of Hebrews is clear that this rest he is talking about is not the, the rest of, of entering into the physical land that was promised to the Israelites. It's not talking about entering into Canaan. After 40 years in the desert, Joshua led Israel into this promised land, but Joshua's success did not give them rest. We see that in Hebrews 4, verses 8 through 10, which says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. <clears throat> there is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For those who have faith, who trust in God, they will enter God's divine rest. They will experience God's full blessing. And those who enter that rest will be those who have rested from their own works. You see, the gospel in the Bible is not about us working our way back to God. It's not about us laboring to be moral and, and good enough to enter God's eternal rest. It's not about us saving ourselves. No, the gospel is that even though we sinned against our Creator, he was willing to send His only Son to make a way of salvation. Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to earth and became a human. He lived a perfect life and He died as a perfect sacrifice. He died to pay for the sins of all His people. And He rose from the dead and is willing to bring people into God's eternal rest if they are willing to repent and have faith in him alone. The gospel is not about trusting in our works, but in trusting, but in, excuse me, but in resting from our works as we trust in the work of Christ. That is what will bring us back to God's divine rest. So as we think about God resting on the seventh day and blessing and making that day holy, remember that day should remind us how good a creator God we have and how his rest can be enjoyed by all believers because our God is not just a great creator, but is also a great redeemer. Lord God, I thank you for these truths. We thank you that you are a wonderful creator, that you designed things in, in beautiful and spectacular ways, that you finished things, and you rested. And we thank you, God, that that, that rest 
your divine rest is something that we can enjoy, that we can experience if we trust in your Son. I ask God that we would remember that, that as we move throughout the week that we would remember our God, that we would not forget that you are an amazing creator and an amazing God of grace. In your son's name we pray. Amen.